Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, and welcome to Stop Hammerton the podcast about a sizable club in East London. Uh, joining me to discuss this this week are, as always, Jim Grant. Good evening. And one of our favourite guests, uh, radio producer and now podcaster supreme, it's Mark Sandell. Very good evening. Nice to be Hi, here. Hi, Mark. You. How are you? Very well indeed, thank you. How could you not be okay at the moment? Yes. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I, about four hours ago, did a lateral flow test in my London home, which came out positive. Oh, so uh, so I might be sitting in this chair looking at you on Zoom for the next ten days. Now I went to well, a walk in. Let's put a little bit of a downer on the. Uh, oh, it's on right. the evening, isn't it? I'm very. I sorry feel to hear fine. That, I feel fine. If anything, I feel better. I say, "Fuck you, coronavirus." <laughs> I'm. I am massive. <laughs> you can't take me down. No, I feel absolutely fine. In fact, uh, so I'm sure I am. And uh, it, may, it might be negative. It was very faint, that line on the sort of T. Uh, so it might be all right. But I went out. To, there's a walk-in um, place in Finsbury Park. I went to. Uh, got a Kentucky Fried Chicken from it. Not a, not a corona test. Uh, but then I went to the corona test walk-in place. And that was great. Right. Um, yes, yes. So um, uh, if I suddenly stop talking uh, in this podcast, do send the emergency services around. But... Uh, but yes, how can we not be uh, in a very fine fettle after the four performances? Because we haven't done one of these for a while. Uh, so on this podcast, uh, by my reckoning, we've got Manchester City in the Carabao Cup uh, to talk about, Villa, Genk and Liverpool. Uh, we might not give all of these equal weight, but um, uh, did you, Jim, I think you went, didn't you, to City? Yes, yeah, I did. Um... Did you go, Mark? <clears throat> Well, I'm, <clears throat> unfortunately not. I had a ticket that was there nestling in me Apple Pay or whatever it is. Mm. Um, and I went down to see my dad, who's Big Hammer. Um, and uh, he's uh, sadly had a stroke uh, earlier this year and he's in a home in Devon. 
Um, and so I went to see him with the full intention of coming back and seeing the game. And unfortunately, he was taken ill while I was there. So he had to go to hospital. Now, it seemed very unwise to go back to London and I ought to be there just yeah, in case. Yeah. And so I booked myself into a hotel near the hospital and tried to get some information about my dad as the evening wore on. There yeah. was no feed of the game anywhere. I was kind of following it on Twitter and yeah. Sky Sports News and all this. And I was still every now and then phoning. Is there any news about my dad? Any news? And then when I finally got through to the ward where my dad had been taken, there was some confusion, some administrative error, which meant that they didn't recognise me as being next of kin. So I said, look, I'm, look I am his next of kin. I am his oldest son. I, you know, I, I can, can, if he's conscious, mm. could you pop over and just have a word with him and say, is it okay to talk to, give me some information, you know, to your son, Mark? The nurse cleared off. She came back two minutes later, picked up the phone and said, does the phrase come on you irons mean anything to you? <laughs> and, and that genuinely is what she sounded like, by the way. Excellent. That's not just a cod Devonian yeah. accent. And then I knew he was going to be all right. So, yeah. no, that's the reason I wasn't there. That's brilliant. That <laughs> that's is brilliant. Excellent. That's a fantastic story. Uh, very pleasing story. And also a very satisfying outcome for the game. Um, yeah. I, funnily enough, the last one of these we did, when we did our score predictions, I suggested it might go to penalties. But I said, I think it'll go to penalties and I think uh, City will win the penalty shootout. And such is the kind of um, point we've arrived at uh, that West Ham United put all five of their penalties into the goal. And uh, uh, I thought it was kind of extraordinary. Um, not a great deal of doubt, really, about any of them, were they? I mean, Dawson's was a beautiful penalty. I mean, they were lovely. all pretty good penalties, weren't they? Keeper I mean, got something we missed, on we Bowens, missed our last four, hadn't we, in open play? We've missed yeah. our last four, hadn't we? You yeah. Know, I, know, I know that we scored with a rebound at Newcastle, and, you know, yeah. so fair enough. So it was obviously typical that having missed our last four, we'd, we'd score all five. But they were really good penalties. I mean, they were. to be fair, four of their five were pretty good penalties as well. Yes, yeah. yes. I, funnily enough, after I sort of, you know, raised the idea on that podcast, it sort of popped into my head, you know, between the podcast and the game, uh, which I think was only a day. Um, And I slightly had, I was thinking about who might take them. And I sort of thought that Ben Rama, with his kind of artistic mercurial temperament and his kind eyes, might miss his. You know what I mean? (laughs) I just thought he might miss his. Absolutely side netting, absolutely almost the best a penalty can be taken. And, and it had I, to be because the keeper went the right way. So yeah. it, was, it was brilliant, yeah. It was fantastic. I I I, I was watching it on uh, on a, on a, an, a feed of of questionable legality, and I was pacing around the kitchen. I almost couldn't watch Ben Rama's penalty. <laughs> I sort of thought Bowen will stick his in. I sort of thought Dawson would stick his in. Um, Cresswell, I had no doubts at all, and Noble went down the middle. I think yeah, it was, it was good sort of for Noble to to get that, you know bit of rehabilitation as it were after the after the man united one um, yeah. was it, there yeah. was a, it was a mini Stuart pierce moment wasn't it it was a mini it was a little yeah. Bit. yeah 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 it was, it was funny he went sort of julian dix like for straight up the middle because that's not something he normally does but i no. thought i think he just thought i'm gonna lay this ghost to rest and just welly it yeah you know yeah take the arm yeah. t- take the keeper's arm off if he gets a hand on it you know yeah uh, Jim, I wasn't. I was. I was following this now on Sky Sports News in between trying to get news about my dad. But what I, you know, what I was aware of and seeing it on Instagram and the highlights afterwards, 
the roof came off, didn't it? When the when Ben Rama's penalty, it did sound like it was a fantastic. Atmosphere is great. Atmosphere has been fantastic for 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 a little while now. It was loud against Tottenham. Uh, it was absolutely brilliant, rocking against Liverpool, as you'll probably agree. Mm. And I think you know the thing is, um, everybody's buying into it now. I mean, the, the, what's beginning to fall away is that sort of sense that we have as West Ham fans that oh, this is this is it's brilliant, but somewhere along the line the wheels are going to come off in spectacular fashion. We're going to get three men sent off, get beaten 8-0 by Chelsea or something like that. You know, that, that sort of sense that disaster is only just, you know, round the corner that we've had spent our life. I mean, it's a lifetime of having to kind of readjust your mental bearings, really, isn't it? I mean, uh, um, so uh, I just think there's this belief now coursing through. The, it's been in the team for a long while, but it's now translating itself to the to the to the crowd who just I think it's an intimidating place for opposition teams to play now I really really do that we, we were talking we talked we've mentioned this several times before there was that Leicester player Albright remember that that game was a sort of a bit of a turnaround game I think um one all on a Friday that, night that one all on a night time yeah and I remember a quote from Albrighton saying oh and it was, was suddenly a bit loud and Albrighton saying oh yeah it's quite an intimidating um, stadium actually, and uh, I, I, yeah, it's been really, really noisy. And, and the atmosphere of the city was was, was great. Um, they did uh, their usual kind of keep the ball, but but were surprisingly ineffective. Actually, I mean, obviously they had you know the weight of possession, weight of shots, and whatever. But it was a curiously unnerve wracking game to watch. Actually, <laughs> I found. yeah, 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 um, yes. As I say, I watched it kind of. Uh, intermittently on a, on a dodgy feed that kept sort of freezing. But um, yeah, it, it, it was, um, you know, as with kind of break, you know, breakaway, breakaway attempts, it was sort of quite end to end in a sort of, you know, quite a ponderous way. Uh, but I thought we were, you know, we were giving them a lot to think about. Uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't all one way traffic and sort of backs to the wall. They had to kind of, uh, um, deal with our threat sort of uh you know well um yeah and to you know and yeah and then to get to penalties obviously was great and, and to play it's it's this playing without fear thing that is so brilliant and it was only you know we talk about the old west ham the old west ham's probably only well what is it 18 months old the old west ham <laughs> yeah um <laughs> you know the god so long ago i can barely remember them but you know we wouldn't have gone sort of toe to toe with men and, and our attitude before a game like that would have been Oh, let's just let's hope it's not too bad. Let's just hope it's not a yeah. Let's just hope it's not a hiding. Let's just hope it's not one of these things where they keep showing the highlights and look at the fifth and the sixth go in and all of that. We just you know, and and it's I think it's taken us a long time to adjust to that. Exactly as Jim says, you know that we're now going into those games and where we're always Man City is a different thing. But we're going to talk about Villa in a minute. That's the kind of game that in past years, no matter how poor Villa have been, they've always seemed to do pretty well against us. Yeah. So we always just think that that's the way it is now. But the swagger and the way we opened that game was was incredible. Appreciate I'm stepping out of turn there, Phil. I no, know. I think that's probably probably time to move on to that one. It was, uh, yeah, that, I mean, obviously that was um, uh, another sort of terrific performance. Uh, we've now got sort of two game, two league fixtures in a row uh, full of op- opposition manager grievances. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, <coughs> Dean Smith's. I like Dean Smith. He seems like a sort of he seems like a nice bloke and stuff. And and I think they 
They kind of have to say this bullshit now, but, you know, we've talked a little bit about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in the last couple of weeks of saying that he's sort of inherited Ferguson's bad traits of blaming everything other than his own team's performance on their woes. But uh, it feels like, um, you know, we certainly uh, have seen in social media that if, if, if a West Ham manager sort of comes up with a sort of honest appraisal of why we've lost, they're furious because he's not more... Um, you know, yeah. party towing the party line isn't more sort of, you know, isn't more positive. You know, I, I think Moyes was going, well, we'll do the best we can. And they're going, traitor, traitor, where's his ambition? Where's his ambition? Whereas doing the best you can <laughs> is actually quite a quite a motivational device. It's quite a good thing to say, people. Do the best you can. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I mean, I think that's that that's the kind of the the change of the mood in the stadium in a way is that is that as you say there's a sort of you know the that feeling that we're sort of potentially only one game away from some sort of disaster I think I think it's 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 not a bad thing to have a mindset like that but it's when it's it's when it's extrapolated to everything's going to go down the pan we're rubbish it's everyone's fault we should sack more should never have got him in the first place if we lose sort of one game that's that mood seems to have gone you know David Moyes is brilliant but he you know in 18 months he's not really going to completely roll back a hundred years of history is he no you know he needs a little bit more time for that yeah yeah Uh, well I was just going to say going back to the Villa game um you know I, I I I do I hate sendings off, whichever way they yeah. go to a certain extent, Me because too. they do slightly spoil games in a way. And we were bossing that at two one with a, with 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 a, um, eleven men v eleven, and we were we were going to win that comfortably, Regardless. you know, whether they had a man or two or three, uh, as probably yeah. should have happened, sent off. You know, um, what I what I felt was that they were they were trying to rough us up the whole game. And I feel whilst I'm 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 actually in favour, I like the new more, I suppose you might say liberal attitude that referees are taking to physical contact um following on from the Euros. There's a lot of kind of just get up and wave, wave play on. And I think we all like that broadly. But I do felt I, I felt that in the case of Villa, it, it, it's like give them an inch. You know, I think they were exploiting the fact that there was, you know, that um the one that sort of doesn't get hasn't get much coverage for i think the third goal where antonio flicks it on and then his neck high tackled in the air yeah. by tagger i think it i think it is um I, I, in a rugby union match that's a red card yeah. it's endangering an opponent you can't grab someone by the neck whilst they're jumping and then wrestle them to the floor which no. is what he did he should have been sent off for that yeah and uh- Sorry, and I was going to say that, that in fact, in it, if if anything, the wrong red card was shown um, because yeah. the 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 forearm smash on Fornhouse was calculated, yeah, yeah. you know, deliberate rough, you know, shit house, rough house stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, I mean, he clotheslined, he clotheslined him. It was like a absolutely. you know, absolutely nailed on. You saw, um, you saw uh, Fornhouse's feet fly forward and his head stay where it was. And just absolutely clotheslined, like in um, 70s wrestling. It was a Mick McManus move, you know. And, um, yeah, that was the extraordinary thing about it. It was like, okay, well, if if that wasn't, if you didn't think that penalty shout, uh, oh, oh, sorry, that sending off shout because he was the last man was a penalty. Well, 
<laughs> that's the thing that happened five seconds before exactly. it. Well, exactly, exactly. And they, ob- and they obviously did consider sending them both off, didn't they? Yeah. Yes, they should. But, but I think the second incident, I think, was that was more to do with the two previous incidents that had happened over the weekend. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That, yeah, that, that, that in isolation, if it hadn't been, yeah. I think, was it the Godfrey one or whatever? You know, yeah. I think that in isolation may have been. They may have looked, taken a slightly different view of that, but because it had clearly been talked about that yeah. last man thing, and uh, you know, it was harsh. I mean, it was it was. It was harsh. Yeah. It was very harsh, yeah. but compared with what had just gone on before, yeah, was just yeah. unbelievable. It was some of the, you know, some of the kind of tenets. Sorry, some of the just... tenets of their argument were very strange, though. Like Bowen wasn't going away from the goal; no, no, he was going no. towards the goal. It's just like a lie. It's kind of going, you know. Uh, I've looked. At, he said te- Bowen was going away from the goal. Not true. Ashley Young was covering. Not true. Yeah. You know, it's just neither of those things were true. So it's, it's, I th- I agree that it was a very harsh penalty, but, but you know, um, Dean Smith's defence of it was yeah. laughable. Dean Smith Laugh- gave the impression of a man not, you know, um, not waving but drowning, didn't he, at the end of that? I mean, oh, yeah. He had, been given, he had been given a fairly comprehensive hiding there. Jim's right. We would have won that game. You know, yeah. even with 11 v 11, we would have done that. I also think, and I appreciate it was wow. a quarterfinal of the Carabao Cup, but all the same, Guardiola's generosity, to West Ham at the end of that game, you know, fantastic team, fantastic manager. Good luck, thanks very much. Now, yeah. it won't it won't have sat easy with a serial winner that they've that they've gone out of a tournament that they've made their own in these last four years. Yeah, and you know, so but fair play to him, and it might have been different if it was a league game. I, I, I kind of get yeah. that. the contrast with Dean Smith, and I'm sure as we'll come to it, Jurgen Klopp um, yeah. couldn't couldn't be more pronounced. You just felt Dean Smith was a man at the end of his tether there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he was. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, and there's a salutary warning there, isn't there? You sell your hundred billion pound player. Um, it, it's not straight. You can't just suddenly spend that all that money and replace uh, what you've lost. And um, uh, I, I hope uh, our owners have taken note with regard to Declan Rice in that respect, because um, we need to keep him for as long. We need to fight to keep him for as long as we possibly can. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Because he isn't just instantly replaceable, I don't no, no. think. Um, perhaps, you know, you're going to miss a creative, a genuinely creative player like Grealish a bit a bit more maybe, mm. but um, it's it's a really good illustration that just having the money doesn't always make... Because they're in, they're, in, they're in trouble, aren't they? Well, they? Grealish's oh, injury say. last season, yeah. you know, brought about an enormous yes. falling off of their form, didn't it? I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't see a clearer illustration of yep. what was going on with their first 11. One player goes because of injury, the whole, they just start, go on a massive losing streak. Our 3-1 was part of that uh, with Jaylings. And, you know... Um, you, could argue, um, you could argue that Declan's injury towards the end of last season was... Yes, you know, the, the, yes two, you could. the two points that could have got us into the Champions League. So we, yes, could, we've seen could. a glimpse of it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We'll talk about the other two games and a little bit more about Declan Rice uh, after this message. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, Check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. 
from dope 250 watt city bikes to Harley Bobber inspired 750 watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Welcome back. Um, yes, uh, so then we, uh, then we played in uh, Genk uh, and... Uh, um, good game, you know, good game. It was a good game. They yeah. they showed a bit more, didn't they, in that first half? That they were good. Seen, um, it, you know, they came out of the traps. They'd won their last two. They were on this really, the first time we played them. I think they'd lost a few games in the league, but they'd actually won their last two league games, scoring six in both. Wow. And they 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 it felt like it, didn't they? The way they were out of the blocks. Yeah. Um, and we were. Yeah, we were really open, badly open to the counter-attack in that first half. It was probably the worst 45 minutes we've we've played, possibly yes. that we've played the whole season, certainly one of them. Yeah. Um, and it's just great that when we when we when we do badly or things are not going right, Moyes now is doing things to sort it out and bringing um Ben Rama into the into the middle to to to, to uh, and, and pushing Lanzini out wide for the second half made a massive difference. changed the game, didn't it? Yeah, we woke up, didn't we? I mean, yeah. we really did wake up. Um, yes, I think, you know, we were surprised at their intensity at the beginning. I, I've never seen, you know, uh, Diop's been brilliant uh, this season in, in those games. And in fact, he was very strong in the remainder of that game. But in the period up to their first goal... Um, he was he really was a little bit shaken by it all and was was making mistakes and mm. uh seemed well, really kind of not at the races. Missed Suchek, uh, though, didn't we? He missed I mean that's the thing. He's a deal with with Suchek and Rice sitting in front of him. You yeah, know, he has yeah. got those he has got those times. I know he hasn't always had that through Europe. The thing that thought I thought about Gink was of the three the three games we played up until then, they were comfortably the best, I thought. Mm, way yes. better than Rapid Vienna, way better than Zagreb. Yeah. Um and to be fair, the three nil at the London Stadium flattered us. Yeah. You know, there, there was no way we were three goals better than them. So I was yeah. slightly taken aback when in that first 20, 25 minutes you see stuff on Twitter with people going, Well, what's what's happened to us? You know, as if as if we've yeah. there's still a little bit of an area now that we, completely contradicts what we were saying earlier, which is that kind of how dare they? Yes. You know, yeah. saying, have you seen us? We've got nine points. We haven't conceded a goal in this tournament. How dare yeah. you come at us and attack on your home ground <laughs> yes. like that? You know, yeah, and and, yeah. and we, we were poor, but as you, as you as you you know correctly say, you know, Moyes has got a way of doing things. I mean, he made the right changes, didn't he? Yeah, um, yeah. And and it is it's a shame in a way we have to keep going back into that first team squad in that way. If you sort of, and I know I know there's blurred lines between, but yeah. it's like we've got one and a half teams, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, you know they're really massive. I know we're massive, obviously, but you know the teams that possibly are even more that usually have two full teams. You only yeah. saw Man, Man City's lineup in the Carabao and what they had on the bench. The bench would have given us a good game. Yeah. Um, we're a sort of one and a half team, but yeah. he made the right changes. We got a useful point out of it and. You know, on we go. And I just think sometimes there's an element that we can get a little bit carried away. A Genk was good. 
Secondly, when you think about it, as brilliant as this season is being, we lost to Brentford, we didn't beat Southampton and we didn't beat Crystal Palace. And that's no respect, no disrespect to any of those teams. They're all very, very, you know, I think Palace are an underrated. Oh, Palace are good, I think. But what I'm saying is, is that in the middle of all of this, you know, we knocked Man United out of the Carabao, we knocked Man City out of the Carabao and everything. In the middle of that, let's just have a little think here sometimes. Yeah. You know, it's not like we're we're bulldozing everyone. No, no, no. no. And nobody wins game after game after game, you know, in those kind of, uh, you know, I've I've never bothered to check how many draws there are in Arsenal's invincible season, but I bet there's quite a lot, you know, it's not like they're going to win every week. And uh, yeah, we, I mean, yes, I do hope that there isn't a sort of, um, you know, we don't fall prey to kind of bizarre raised expectations. I mean, there was a lot of, you know, after Liverpool, a lot of kind of daring to dream sort of <laughs> journalism about West Ham. And it's like, yeah, you know, we're, um, we're only 11 games in. Let's not do it. Let's not do any dreaming. Well, there was talk, talk sport. Uh, they did, uh, kicked off their four o'clock show on Monday with uh, the question with, with absolutely no laughter soundtrack or anything on it. Just said, can West Ham win the title? Right? Yeah. And, and as part of their and as part of their coverage, and as part of their coverage, they wheeled on somebody from Paddy Power. And they said, What are the odds then on West Ham winning the title? And he went, 45 to one. <laughs> yeah. And he said, and he said, and he said, it's the first time he said he can ever remember that it's been less than 50. We would have started at 200 to one at the beginning of the season, or more than that, or whatever it is. Yeah. And Tottenham and Man United are still considered to be hotter favourites to win the title. And we know neither of those two are going to win the title. No, absolutely. But just, and it was just a useful little kind of, right, the hard headed world of gambling, you know, the hard headed world of the bookie going, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. You can have a bit of fun with this, but 45 to one. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Come on, come on, West Ham fans. Bring us your money. Bring us <laughs> yes, your money exactly. now. We're going to open <laughs> our shops in the West End. They're going to open later. We're going to have 24 hour bookies for West Ham fans betting on us winning the title. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, going back to the Gank game, though, um, I was delighted for Ben Rama because he was absolutely mustered in that second half. And the second goal was, a, was, was the kind of thing we've been waiting for him to do on a regular basis, wasn't it? Yeah. That, that, that kind of, you know, the, just the defenders squared up to him. No, you've made a mistake, mate, because he's going to knock it past you with perfect weight. He's going to give the eyes to the keeper thinking, so the keeper thinks he's going to square it. And then he's going to hard toe poke it past you. It was a brilliant goal. It was an yeah. absolutely brilliant uh, goal. And, and the first goal was a great team goal. Yeah. You know, really, really good team goal. So, you know, the thing is, we're scoring pretty much two goals a game on average this season. Yeah. Um, that doesn't look like... And now we suddenly found our set-piece touch again because it was all open play for the, for the first few games of the season. So we got... And everyone scores. I think Zuma has completed the first 11 scoring, uh, or the first 10, as it were, outfield players. So, yeah, they've all now scored. So... Yeah. Um, goals can come from anywhere. They come in a variety of different ways. We haven't only got, you know, how often have we said this West Ham team just he's only got one way. He hasn't really got a, you know, a variety of ways of scoring goals. Well, we have now. We can we can hit teams on the break. We can build pressure. Uh, we can we can score from set pieces. Uh, we've even smacked a couple in from outside the box now. Yeah, know? so yeah. Um, that 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 feels different. Um, 
we've only lost two games in the league this season. Last last season we lost eleven. I don't think we're going to lose eleven games this. I mean, I think we might lose eight, mm. nine. But mm. I don't think you know at the most. Don't think we're going to lose eleven games. Not another. Not another nine out of the next. 27, yeah, I just don't think that's going to happen. No, I, I can't I would, see it happening. I, I would agree and, with that. And I, so I think, I think not necessarily, necessarily daring to dream, but recalibrating a kind of level of optimism. And it's, not, it's not necessarily a bad thing, as long as you say, Phil, that we don't suddenly kind of, you know, go absolutely, you know, you know off our trolleys when, when a couple of, couple of losses in a row turn up because they probably will at some point yeah yeah definitely um on the on the dare to dream topic um i think it was the mirror today uh we're doing the very much looking at this way and they worked out that we at the, uh, the same stage of the season when leicester won the title um we've got one more point than them at the same oh, right. stage oh, that's the, interesting. at the state same stage of the season so come on paddy power maybe think about those <laughs> yeah, odds yeah yeah um and then of course there was liverpool at the weekend uh which was uh uh, yeah fantastic um wasn't it uh, really was absolutely that second half we were fantastic i mean uh we were just simply the better team in the second half no you know question about it and cutting them open on the break honestly if, if um if they hadn't have had Van Dyke, and he was all the time like just looking at the other, looking around him, yeah, as if he was like just he just like been deserted on a sinking ship, wasn't he? Yeah, he put in about three or four last ditch tackles on uh, Antonio alone, another yeah. one on Bowie. Um, if he hadn't have been playing, I think we'd have mullered. I think it would have been like that Villa game because we were just carving them open time yeah. and time again in that second half. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm one of those. I'm, I'm an Alexander Arnold skeptic, um, and I can see why Southgate doesn't pick him. And I think that was a perfect. Okay, he's got, he's got a wand of a, of a right foot, and and he's, he's a good passer of the ball, but he's not a defensive right back in a, in a month of Sundays. And he was, he had a defensive nightmare for them. Yeah, uh, he was at fault for the, the, uh, the third goal. He he trots after Fullmouse. Fullmouse, he's ahead of Fullmouse. When Fullmouse lays the ball off to Bowen, in typical fashion, he just sprints and goes, I'm going to get on the end of this. Yeah. Uh, Alexander Rolls just watches him, watches him run past him and then jogs after him. It's yeah. terrible, fucking awful defending. And he brilliantly watches Zuma head in at far post. Just like yeah. a spectator. It's like kind of he almost got popcorn. Watching it, uh, yeah. shocking. If that but was the West Ham, if that was Cresswell, he'd be getting dogs abuse on the forums and everything. You yeah. know, yeah. I, I think, and it was clear that that's what that was the change in the second half was to exploit all that space behind, and that's yeah. when Van Dyke then has to come. You know, he has to kind of cover over oh. there, and that creates some space. And it's a, it was, it was a, and I think you know, Bowen on a, on another day there were so many things to talk about in that game, but Bowen surged through in that pass uh, yeah. through it was just. I mean, as I know, you know, people joke that it was kind of, you know, like Messi-esque, but it bloody was. It yeah, was, yeah. It was superb, that low centre of gravity. Yeah. You know, weighted pass, brilliant, shake his strength to shake people off, you know, brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. He, he's in such form at the moment, Bowie. Yeah, he's, he's having brilliant. a really great season, isn't he? He, he? You know, we sort of said in the first couple of games, he's really kind of come out of the blocks. And... um 
you know, you still saw people because he wasn't scoring sort of saying, you know, he's not kind of pulling his weight or whatever. And, but clearly he's just so sort of, um, he's such a threat. He's such a threat to other teams because he is very dark. He will run with it. He'll run with it. And he's got good vision. You know, he really is having a great season But you know, it's, it's, I think it's difficult to sort of, um, really kind of analyze our front four because there's a lot of similarities between them. You know, it's sort of like, you know, and, and, and we've sort of said this before on the podcast is that in a way the signing of Vlasic is we've basically got a guy that plays quite a lot like Gerard Bowie, but that's good. If you want a team, if you want a squad team and you want to be able to slot people in who know what they're going to be doing, you know, um, I'm trying to remember which game it was when Vlasic and Bowen were on the field at the same time and there was definitely people near me and I might have been one of them going, oh, come on, Bowen, and it turned out yeah. to be Vlasic. Yeah. Because just from, uh, you know, from the other end of the pitch, they are easily confused. I know they have got different numbers. Yeah. But, yeah you know, yeah. there are just times they do look similar players. They do. They do. Yeah, yeah. They've got, they've got a similar sort of stocky body shape, haven't they? They've got that low centre of gravity. Um, yeah. But actually they're pretty broad. They're pretty, you know, muscular players but good um, quick feet you know that our front yeah. four was really uh excellent against liverpool and you know antonio didn't score half, but he was giving them a that was giving them a torrid time all afternoon um, then of course you know for their as you say two of our goals set pieces and um uh you know Klopp's moaning you know oh, i still think about nonsense. that that um that draw at the Thunderdome, where he had the gall to say that um, their offside goal being mistakenly given by the referee um, worked in our favour and uh, <laughs> yeah. was like a banana skin for them. You know, he kind of seemed to imply that because the referee had made a mistake, he was then very kind to West Ham the rest of the afternoon. You just go, bullshit. Don't be a dick, Jürgen. We used to like you. When you first came, we liked you and thought you were good and funny yeah, and a real character. Was, and now you just fucking moan if you get beat. Just moan I, about I, it. I think there's a sense that he's under pressure. I think that that um, thing about the, the keeper, especially the thing about the keeper, is that, that that's, that's a flaw in Alisson's game, isn't it? And it's a flaw in their defensive setup. And I think teams look at those things and they and they, and they, and they work them out. So I think that was as much was like the Ferguson playbook. That was about future games and trying to get referees to uh, yeah an, yeah managers like in like your Mourinho's those super managers. They try to influence through the media refereeing decisions in future games, and I think yeah. that's that's what that was all about, really. Um, no way could you possibly imagine that that was... They, I mean, VAR, VAR, you felt, tried really hard to disallow that goal. Yeah. I think they were really, really desperate to disallow it. But absolutely nothing wrong. Uh, you know, Ogbonna jumps, Alice jumps into the back of him. I mean, yeah. it's not... It's, he inst- it's he not, instigated you know, the contact. Absolutely. Yeah. It's entirely his fault. It's, a ter- it's just a terrible piece of goalkeeping. As and in a huge, you know, second, you know, and in a huge moment of irony, uh, their forward just isn't touched and just throws himself to the ground oh, to win a free is, kick. Is, is, is irony really? is irony the right word there, Phil? <laughs> um, I think there's a sort of stronger word. You'd have to ask Alanis Morissette; she's the expert on all of this. But uh, I, uh, you know, I mean, it really, it really 
is taking the biscuit when you sort of accuse, you know, the other side of malfeasance when your equalising goal was just won by sheer cheating. Yeah. You know, I, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I, I have that. to say, I didn't in in sort of in so-called real time. I didn't pick up on the Jota thing either, on Ogbonna. No, that's no, um, I didn't see and, that. And, and, what, and I didn't see it in real time. You know, somebody texted me. He was obviously watching it on the telly and said that didn't look good. You know, it really did look like it was. And again, this and a, you know, far be it from me as somebody who spent their entire life working in the media. But sometimes the media's loving with Liverpool really does my head in, and the way that that Jota thing has just been—if it's written about at all—it was written about as being in an accidental clash with. Yeah, I don't think it. I don't because, think because it was because you jump backwards and your elbow out like that into yeah, somebody's yeah. face. That's that's it. and it was just completely accepted it was accidental in the way that Cresswell was definitely not accepted as being accidental. That was considered no. to be a very fortunate uh, red card. And the salad, yeah. the salad dive is just, in, an awful lot of reports, it's just not there. It's no, no, there. absolutely. No, no. Absolutely. Because the free kick was sumptuous. Brilliant. You know, as you say, yeah. the one, the one. Oh, Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Great, great but it, kick, it, but it wasn't a foul and it shouldn't have been given as a free mm. kick. And, no. and Salah should have been booked. Because he, uh, you could argue Rice, you know, is naive, but just like all he's done is plant plant his his uh, right leg. Salah has initiated the contact with it, because I think there is a bit of contact with it, uh, and then literally throws himself, throws himself to, to the ground. ground. Yeah. I mean, it it's, not even, it's not even a very good piece of an attempt to convince the referee and me. I disagree, with, I disagree with you about Declan, by the way. I don't think there's anything naive about that. No, it's, it's, it's a proper challenge. And it's, well, what I mean is it's a proper attempt to them because what Salah has got away with time and time again, and we look at those amazing goals he's got this season, one of the reasons he scores goals like that is because you know if you come anywhere near him. And and that, and that so yeah. Declan was going, I'm just simply not going to allow him to start wandering through our defence yeah. like he does with everyone else because we know what the result is. I thought it was a really good decision to make the move there. Salah yeah. obviously knew that, and in the end, it was a free kick, which still cost us, but it wasn't a penalty, you know. No. It still cost us because it was a great free kick. Yeah. But I just thought, no, Rice was just saying, I'm just not having this, you know. No, I, and I'm not even sure about the contact, Jim, but, you know, I've looked, looked at it. Like, oh, I've looked at it a lot. It's difficult yeah. to say, but it's certainly not a, a fan. I mean, you know. Um, no, the side uh, of Rice's foot touches the side of Salah's foot. Right, right. You know, and That's I mean, enough. That's it's enough. Just, yeah, it's just not, it's just... It's ridiculous. Well, I think Salah like... deliberately deliberately makes the contact. I mean that 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 it's this whole thing that is supposed to have gone out of the window, isn't it? If there's contact, you're entitled to go down. Well, the laws change. You're not entitled to go down yeah. anymore, and the referees are supposed to be uh, kind of picking up on it. But I think, yeah, I think he just has that as as you know the players of the moment for the big clubs. Have, you know, we we're so used to it over the years. They just have this kind of Ready Breck style halo of 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 around them that that protects them from all the you know I mean well I mean there was a sort of league table of the ones that draw free kicks most you know most uh, I don't know if it was most fouled was the was the headline or just most you know wins most free kicks but it was the ones you think of it was it was Grealish uh, yeah. Sadio Mane Salah and Wilfred Zaha. You know, surprise, surprise. It literally yeah. was the guys you see dive every week. So why can't referees see that? Why can't yeah. the people at Stockley Park see but, that? These guys literally do that. Why are they winning so many the media free kicks? Narrative They're is, cheating. Is because, yes, they are. We know that. And everyone who goes and sees games live, and everyone who surely must see it. 
But the media narrative around those players is that they are uniquely gifted. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean uh, I've and got so mates, therefore I've, I've they get mates. they. Of course, they get fouled more. I've know? got mates who are Villa fans who'd always talk about Grealish and then sort of go, you know, the thing is, he's the most fouled player in the Premier League. And yeah, well, yeah, how many of them were fouls? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the problem. The stats might say that, but you know, I'm sorry, you know, I, I know he is fouled a lot, of course he is, but there's an awful lot that weren't fouls. But yeah. this is this kind of narrative is that you know, he's such a great player, all you all you lot yes, want to do is exactly. kick him. Exactly. Yeah, if I was able to decide who the best-looking man in England was, it might be me. <laughs> Jack Grealish is the most fouled person because he decides to be fouled. He decides to fall over when someone touches him. It's not a fucking league table. It's like he's written the league table by falling over when anybody touches him. You know, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. ridiculous. No, but I think I think the Jota one, I think it's a snide little piece of nastiness i really do he looks if you, it all happens very quickly but he definitely looks he knows ogbonna's there yeah he jumps off just after ogbonna has cleared the ball and he's jumping up with his elbows at his side and he jabs his left elbow back it's not about lifting you know sometimes there's this gray area about people lifting their arms and getting sort of kind of yeah. kind of elbow room in the box and that kind of thing. And you do sometimes see those penalised. This is a short arm backwards jab yep. into a head that he knows, or a player at least, not necessarily yeah. his head, I don't think, but he knows Ogbonna's there. He was probably thinking, I'm just going to give you one in the ribs. Yeah, but yeah. actually it was it, because he jumped a little bit after Ogbonna, it was Ogbonna's head that he made contact with. Yeah. Um, and Henderson's reaction to it doesn't do him favours either, to be honest. No, um, no. because he's instantly in Ogbonna's face telling him to get up. Yeah, and I don't yeah, think yeah. he'd realised that there was blood pouring from it. From his hand. Anyway, bad news about Ogbonna, isn't it? Because mm. Um, mm. if you remember, he went down with a with a with a, yeah. with a knee injury just before that, and that that is um, um, a cruciate ligament injury, isn't it? So uh, he could be out for the season if it's a bad one. Dawson came on and was very good, though. He it was, was brilliant. Brilliant. And that's an interesting thing about the kind of what you were saying, Mark, about, you know, the one and a half, the fact that we're using the squad. When you have cup runs and when you are in Mm. Europe, there is a pressure in terms of player fitness um, and the number of games are coming. But what it does mean is that when players like Dawson and Diop or whatever step in, they're match fit. They're ready Mm. to go. I mean, Dawson started, you know, quite a few games already this season. So, um, you know, there are benefits from from that as well. Um, I totally agree. Um, wasn't I, I, wasn't one other one of Klopp's excuses the fact they'd had to play in midweek, despite yeah. the fact that we played the day after that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just no. As I said earlier, I think the comparison between Guardiola and him is just not. Yeah. It's not the same yeah. thing, and, it, and he's it, and under it, and pressure. I think, isn't he? Well, I think he's, he's under, under a pressure. bit of pressure. He might. Uh, you, it's a, yeah. Okay, I get it. But he's just gone twenty-five games unbeaten. Yeah. I yeah, mean, that's like a nice pressure, isn't it? Pressure that that's a nice yeah. pressure, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it yeah. is, but you, you sense for all that, they're a little bit off Chelsea and Man City at the moment, aren't they? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I just think they're a little bit off it. Uh, uh, Johnson know, now, had a now great they, game. That oh, second sorry. half against yeah. Brighton, Brighton had a right go at them and they folded, really, didn't yeah. they? And now, and they, they really, in that second half, I've, you know, I thought they imploded against us to a certain extent. I mean, they got... A, a sort of good individual bit of skill to get the um, uh, to get the goal Second back. Goal. Um, but and we were fortunate you know, that Mane was off target at the end. There, 
Yeah, and that was yeah, never very, that yeah. was never a bloody foul either on Minamoto, where his name is. He just went over like a sack of spuds. Yeah. But yeah. Virtually no contact. Can I, um, just, just one thing I want to say about the fans on uh, on Sunday as well. I mean, it was a great atmosphere. And bearing mm-hmm. in mind that uh, a few of our fans had kind of, you know, had, uh, had sullied our uh, reputation with the uh, the plane the, uh, on the oh, plane. Oh, yeah, the gang. And, yeah, and I, and I yeah. thought Jim, I thought Jim's piece was really good on the KUMB site about that. Absolutely bang on. Oh, what, yes. And I may have missed this, and, and tell me if I got it wrong, but I didn't... What I liked about our singing on Sunday was that they, it wasn't about them. It was about us. I didn't. I don't recall yeah. the, uh, you know, sign on. I don't recall that. No. I don't think. Well, I may have missed it, as I said, and I'm not saying it probably wasn't was in pubs or something. But I didn't. I just all I remember was songs, of, and I just thought there was something yeah. that also said something quite positive about where we are. That it's not all about the same old lame, you know. And I'm sure it'll be different you know, with yeah. Tottenham and all that. But I just thought that was quite good. As you say, Jim, if I missed it, then I'm sorry. But I didn't I agree, seem yeah. like a big thing. But there no, was much I, don't, of it, the I sort think of, you're right. You know, the massive song, David Moyes, Clout Blue Army, yeah. there was much more yeah. of that. You know, there's much more sort of positivity. Born Owls, Antonio, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Really good performances. Um, I thought uh, Johnson was terrific. Mm. Yeah. Really yeah. terrific. He's growing you know. by the game. He is. He's, he's yeah, been well-managed, has not he? He's been well-managed. Yeah, and yeah. really well managed and also rightly given, you know, maintaining his, his mm. place in the starting lineup. Yeah. And Sufal's going to have to battle to, to, to get back in. And that's a brilliant message to the lads in the under 23s coming through, isn't it? To say, look, you yeah. come in, you take your opportunity uh, and you're good enough. You're going to stay in the side. Yeah. I, you know, I, I have to think, I have to say, you know, uh, this is the big boys loving, isn't it? But, um, I think he's growing in confidence as a manager because I think some of the things that we could be um, critical about, you know, in 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 the early days of both his uh, his his spells was that sort of slight <laughs> dilly dallying about with substitutions, not changing it, sometimes making slightly odd substitutions. I think that often comes. I think you know we, we often don't think about managers and confidence and. Whatever you know, those triple substitutions—the one against City and the one against—I think he made a triple substitution against Genk as well, didn't he? Bold, decisive things to do. Just the change, the way in which at halftime in a number of games now he's changed things, and we've been better because of the way he's kind of just shifted the pieces on the board around slightly. You know, I think his big, honestly, I think his biggest mistake this season was was the noble penalty. Thing. Yeah. I just think that 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 was nuts. But other than that, I think he's just growing and growing it's in confidence. We mentioned him earlier, but I think Rice. You know, um, uh, you know, this season, um, you know, Bowen has has, if not improved, he has just hit the ground running. And I think Rice in these first eleven games yeah. and the European games has just really kind of changed gear since the Euros in which he played very well. Um, he really has sort of uh, gained like a sort of mantle of confidence now. I think, uh, you know, I, I don't think he's necessarily got sort of appreciably technically better, but I think he just commands a game now. He's played, I think, I saw this the stats, so I might have been on his up on the band. He's played 900 minutes of league football this yeah. season. How many times has he been dispossessed? 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, fantastic. Well, I, I know the answer to that question. Oh, right, it's okay. once. It's once. Right, right. He's been dispossessed once. Well, that was just in the, that was in the warm-up, wasn't it? Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think we're, I mean, he is a, a phenomenon yeah. in terms of fitness, in terms of um, all round. I mean, he is, we, he's going to, he's in the league, he's in the league of, of the, you know, of your Gerrards, your Brian Robsons, is a generationally brilliant. Well, I think he's a, player, I think. he's unlike what's being coached at the moment because he started as a sort of centre back. And what we saw when Moyes first played him in that back three with Ogbonna and Cresswell, we went, "This kid is like a real old head on young shoulders." That was what we said about him. His reading of the game, he's like the youngest person on the pitch, but he's doing all that shouting and pointing, going, yeah. "Cover him, cover him!" You know, he's he's shouting instructions to a team that's got like Marko Arnautovic in it. Do you know what I mean? And and it, it's it's he's gone into the midfield with that ability to read the game like a like a really experienced like you know like McGrath or some Yap Stam type centre backs ability to just you know read what's what's going to happen. In the number of times he comes from behind and just nicks the ball off someone's toe. They used to tell that story, didn't they, about Bobby Moore, that um, Ron Greenwood used to sort of get them to stop in training and everyone had to close their eyes and tell where everyone else was. And Bobby Moore always knew where everyone else was. I'm pretty damn sure if they ever did an exercise like that, Declan Rice would know. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I'm not sure players like that are being coached. You know, England has an embarrassment of sort of attacking midfielders like, you know, Sterling, Saka, you know, Grealish, um, but that kind of, um, so you've got attacking midfielders, then you have, you know, um, nuts and bolts kind of defensive midfielders like Eric Dyer and those guys. But I don't think that kind of Billy Bonds type footballer that Declan Rice really reminds me of yes. is being cultivated in playgrounds and in training sessions because yeah. it is a bit of a, it's two jobs. Yeah. And um, I think that's the better comparison as well, rather than the, of the two greats, rather than uh, the Moro, I think Bonds is is the one that I think increasingly he resembles as the kind of absolute tigerish heart heartbeat of a team, but a really and, and with all the physical aggressiveness and and energy and commitment and passion, but also technically really good as mm-hmm. well. Um, you know, I think and Bonds is one of the. And he's putting goals in his game now as well. And he's yeah, starting yeah. to score. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah the Long Rangers against uh, Genk were were both great, weren't they? You know? um, <laughs> there's a guy. There's a, there's a guy I see in the morning who's uh, when I'm walking the dogs. Who's a Millwall fan, and we have a kind of healthy respect for each other. He's a big guy with big dogs. Won't surprise mm. you to know. And he walked past me the other day, and he just went. Declan Rice, bloody hell. He just went, like, with real, like, doffing his cap as if to go. Yeah, yeah. If he's reached that far, nobody now needs to explain what Declan Rice does. And you remember when he was playing for England, you get these people going, what does he do? Well, yeah, nobody's in any doubt now. No, no, that's right. That's right. So, um, I mean, I just think, I mean, briefly, I thought it might be worth looking ahead to, to um, transfer, you know, the window, because... Um, if Ogbonna is is crocked, um, although we've got good replacements, I, I can imagine them going for a, a centre half on on loan, possibly. Um, but I'm 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 a little bit all that we've said about um, 
the squad and and the fitness and whatever, I I still am worried about injury to Antonio and surely Cresswell is going to break. As yeah, oh, yeah, he's yeah, playing yeah. every minute of every game, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. And he's brilliant. He's yeah. absolutely... Wait, I, was the other, was it the... Um, was it the Liverpool game where I just, I just turned to you for and said, because he, as he just brought down a, a high pass from out of the air, yeah, yeah, depth yeah. touch and moved on. I just turned to you and said, God, he's a bloody good footballer. Yeah, really good I mean, he yeah, yeah. really is, you know, technically a, a, an accomplished footballer. Well, when Paye sort of, um, you know, drifted towards the left side of the pitch and there were kind of triangles between uh, him sometimes Noble and Cresswell, you know, um, that was some real absolute, you know, tick-attacker football of the type we're playing now. And, uh, uh, you know, Pae was sort of a cut above. But the thing about both Cresswell and Noble is that they could live with that. They're, you know, both, you know, both are actually good footballers with good touches. That's why Mark Noble has played at the top flight for, you know, the last 40 years. And Cresser is, um, you know, has now been playing for us for a long time. He's a Sam Allardyce buy. You know, he's on his yeah. he's on his fourth manager. Um, and also, when you think that we are, is it joint with Liverpool for most set piece goals? You know, Cresswell mm. has yeah. played a part in that. Uh, oh, he's that because he's, he's, and yeah. and as is Bowen as well. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you know, last season, um, obviously, Jaylings was a brilliant addition in that winter transfer window, and I think sometimes a team especially if they are pushing for something, you know, whether, albeit whether it's survival or, you know, some or Europe, um, sometimes needs a, just a fresh injection of something, you know. And the great thing about Jaylings was that he was like a version of what we already had, um, but just like better, you know, and just dragged everyone up for that, you know, final... 19 games of the season, uh, you know, that, that that push to finish as high as you could. Well, he, okay. You know, just on the training ground, it must have just been fantastic for them to have him there, you know, mm. because... Well, those, really... those rumours have resurfaced, haven't they, recently? Yeah, but, yeah, but, you, know, you know. And there is a logic to it. You know, if he's not going to... He's seen what's happened over these last few months, that there is a logic to it. And you're going back to Jim's point, central, you know, I, I take the Antonio thing. I just wonder if the name James Tarkovsky will come up again because it's been yes. it's been at least um, two or three days since we've been linked with him, um, and I just you know, but I, I you know we we are very fortunate, and it goes back to your point, Jim, about the fact that with one and a half teams they are match fit, and so it was Dawson did play really well when he came on. Yeah, and Diop, has, Diop has been brilliant in Europe, and yeah. you know, so actually we have got we have got cover there, and it's cover, it's yeah. it's sad because our Bonner is brilliant. Um, and 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 let's give a nod to the club if it's true as well. Um, a rare bit of class from the club there to say that they're going to renew his contract if he's out for the season. Yeah, you know, which is you know, yeah. I mean, what's what's happening here? We're doing things with a bit of class. I mean, it's yeah, just, yeah. you know, <laughs> well, we're, and, we're doing and, the right thing. Yeah, and I think a bit of common sense in terms of um, you know, considering we've 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 spunked loads of money on 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 long contracts with people who haven't really been worth it <laughs> uh, in the past. Um, just that kind of message about loyalty and togetherness and it just it sends a good message, I think. Yeah. Um, and I I've, I just feel right now, um, a I think Lingard must have must have a twinge of regret. But he obviously had the chance to join in the summer one, one 
suspects, um, and show and there was all that stuff from Ole about how he's he's, he's a really important part of his plans or whatever. And you know, he's you know hardly gets a kick, of course. Um, uh, why would you not want to come and join West Ham now? You know, uh, mm-hmm. knockout rounds of Europe um, potentially could go deep into that competition. Um, Unless you know, he's cut by, by January, it might be no, in the semi final of, of a domestic cup. Mm. Um, I think that was already established. Togetherness, we're, yeah. we're, we're in potential Champions League, you know, contention. You know, why would you not want to come? It's, uh, you'd no, want to I join agree. the party. I, 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 the only thing I can think of is that if uh, Ollie's not long for for the job there, yeah. that you might get a different perspective. I thought it was, uh, what's also, I think, interesting about that um, Solskjaer position is that there's been a lot of entertaining conversation about had David Moyes not already been a oh, yes. United manager, he would be exactly the kind of person that they might well have a look at. Yeah. Doing really well, organiser, um, you know, that that you could you could just see, look, look, look how well he's, look, he's t- taken West Ham into the top four. And you could just see that being a kind of, you know, so in some respects, I think we should be very grateful that, well, I'd be yeah. very surprised if they came in for him again. Well, in his one season at Manchester United, he did win over half his matches and they yeah. finished seventh, but that just wasn't good enough for them. They wanted to um, win the championship again, like the last manager did with the bunch of players that are no longer at the club because they all <laughs> retired from football the moment Alex Ferguson retired. Yeah, well, it, it, was, it was player power that, that, that got rid of him in a way, wasn't it? I mean, he didn't last a whole season even, did he? I can't, I can't remember it now. But yeah, I think he might he even, not have made it all the way. I don't think he made it all the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, um, yeah. we should probably uh, think about um, predictions for our next game, which is a long way in the future. Uh, yes. Who is it? It's Wolverhampton Wanderers. We've got two... Um, we've got a tough little run, run of fixtures... And then, and then around Christmas and after, it, it it looks a little bit more, you know, it looks as though we could pick up some points. Um, we've got Wolves and then Man City away, and then Brighton and Chelsea um, at home, and then there's a Greb game um, uh, somewhere towards the end of that lot, or in, mm-hmm. in amongst that, the two European games in amongst that as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Wolves away, you know, they. They're an unpredictable team at the moment, aren't they? they yeah, they've they've yeah. pulled out some good results, um, yeah. but they've also they've also lost a couple of shockers. They've got that. Um, you see, Korean, the fellow who the, the 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 guy up front they got from Red Bull Salzburg, I think it was, who we were looking at in the summer. Yes, he yes. looks a decent, pacey uh, striker, doesn't he? Yeah, and the and guy he, who, you know, with the head you know, injury is good. Jimenez, yeah, he is, is good. good. You know, they've still got lots yeah. of good players from um, uh, from Nuno's yeah. era. Uh, I feel that since that 4-0 in lockdown, we've kind of got their measure. Uh, it just yeah. felt... So you've got to go confident of being able to get a result yeah. there, really, to yeah, be honest. It, it, it's it's got to have a similar feel to Villa, isn't it? I mean, you know, yeah. there hasn't... OK, I know Villa were on a bad run and they're still on a bad run, but we've got to really be looking at games like that as we would Aston Villa. Yeah, we, we, we say, need to win those games, yeah. yeah. I'm going to say uh, Wolves 1, West Ham 3. Are you? I'm going to yeah. go 2-1. I think it might be a bit tighter than that. I'm going to go yeah. for a 2-1 win. Well, in that case, I'll go 2-0 West Ham, but, I'm, you know, it's ridiculous that we've... <laughs> We're, we're all just going, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, the, the amount of times we do these uh, these podcasts and we, we've played twice and won them both. It's just bizarre. Uh, it's a completely yeah, unfamiliar yeah. situation. It's very uh, weird. Yes, yes. Well, anyway, uh, that's probably about time uh, to wrap this up. So this has been Stop Hammer Time. My name's Phil Whelans. With me have been Jim Grant. Cheerio. And Mark Sandell. Good evening. Come on, you audience. Is there something about, you know, Klopp in sort of, you know, something like fantasy football, Klopp yeah. to write next Harry Potter? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Something like, you know, East London Club sizable, says Brian Cox. <laughs> East London East London Club sizable, say, astronomers or something. Yeah, maybe some, maybe a... Or fuck off, Klopp. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we probably can't say that, can we? No, no I don't not. think we can. Uh, some kind of pun on his name, though, would be. Uh, yeah, I think we might have done like clip Klopp. So. No, maybe, but, but yeah, what about your your gonna or something? You're oh yeah, yeah. Fuck all or something or something like that. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna win, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it could be something like it could be something like fantasy football colon something like some kind of like like his like his match analysis is fiction. So like his sort of <laughs> yeah. fantasy football Jurgen Klopp Jurgen Klopp to write you know to write next season of Game of Thrones or something or like Jurgen Klopp's LSD match analysis fantasy football psychiatrists at Sorry, sorry, Mark? Something about clock test positive for... <laughs> yeah, 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 something like, something like that, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. clock test yeah. positive for... Fantasy football, yeah, Jürgen... <laughs> um, post-match interview as mental breakdown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Jürgen Klopp's... Jürgen, Jürgen Klopp's post-match interview analysed by top psychiatrists. Because if you call it fancy football, if it's got a colon, then maybe there yes. could be a longer sentence after it. How's that sound, Leon? Is there something like that? I think all of these so far have made me laugh. <laughs> so. All right. Okay. Um, so, so definitely fantasy football, yeah. colon, clop, clop interview studied by top psychologist. Clop. Match oh, analysis. Uh, Clock match analysis analyzed by analyst. <laughs> yeah. That's the that's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Clop fantasy football. Analysis analyzed by analysts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Clop, <laughs> Clop match analysis. So Clop match um, hyphen analysis analyzed by top analyst. Analysts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kevin Jay, uh, this sort of stand-up comic we've had on the podcast, he says that thinking of the thinking of the title for the podcast, he went, "That should be in the podcast." Actually, it's not a bad shout, either. It's just quite a good shout. Yeah, we should probably do shout. it as a, like a bonus episode. Yeah, let's let's do. It. Are you still recording, Leon? Yeah, yeah. We should do it as a, a bonus episode, and keep this bit in where I say we should do it as a bonus episode. <laughs> If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, 
Check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.